It's good to have freedom, isn't it? You know, uh, there's a lot of countries where they got to hide just to just to even have a Bible, right? We don't got to do that. And you know, a lot of a lot of people did sacrifice in this nation, but it, the the ultimate sacrifice was so that the gospel could continue, not just so that America could be be free, but this freedom is given so that the gospel can go through this nation. Amen. Not just so you can drive a Chevy. That's just one reason. The biggest reason, the gospel, the cross of Christ. This is a godly nation built on godly principles, and it will continue to be, amen, Amen. by the grace of God, because it's His grace upon this nation. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Well, everybody happy today? Let's see your teeth. All right. It won't make your jaw sore. Remember, my mom always used to say, and I'm sure this is a well-known fact, but it takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Right? So, rest. <laughs> Relax a little bit. Yeah, see? This, this is way easier. Plus, it makes you feel better. Amen. Amen? People that have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, man, we should be happy, happy, and when we're done being happy, we ought to go ahead and be happy. Amen? We serve a good and mighty God, and we are a victorious people. Amen? Well, let's open our Bibles today, and hook, hook your faith with me while we, while we do open up to 1 Peter 2. Father, we thank You for Your Word, Lord, and we respect Your Word. And we pray that today, that as Your Word goes forth, it, it is Your Word. It is the oracles of God. It is, it is to be received with thanksgiving, Lord, and we pray that that we would have hearts to receive, ears to hear, that it would be life-changing, and that we would know your love in a greater capacity and experience your love more. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you know what our title is today? It's, Why Are You So Strange? How many know that as Christians... We are very strange. If we walk in the fullness of our Christianity and walk in the fullness of God in our lives, we are a very strange people. People, you know, I used to tell my mom, I used to teach Bible studies a lot, and I'd come home you know, and I'd call my mom and I'd say, Mom, they don't like me and they, they don't want to hear what I'm saying. You know, I was teaching the goodness of God. I believe God's good. I don't care what's happened. I don't care what you've been through. God is good. And I was teaching the goodness of God, man. I had people argue with me. Well, I think they were arguing with Rick. <laughs> but I was there, so no. But they would argue with us, and they'd get mad at us. And I'd call her up, and I'd say, Mom, I, I don't think they like me. I don't think they want to hear from me. In fact, is I'm not sure they want me back. And she said, No, it's not that they don't like you. They just don't know what to do with you. And I thought, that's a good way to look at it. Because why? Because it's different. When you truly believe in the goodness of God and the love of God in your life, and you want others to know it, you're not only strange to the world, you're strange to some people sitting right next to you. Amen? Amen? But we don't want to be strange to them, right? We want, to be, we, want, we want the goodness of God and the love of God and the things that God does in our life to be the normal for us, even though it's the abnormal for the world. 1 Peter 2... Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation. How many like that? You like being a chosen generation? Glory to God. Be a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. 
Huh? Everybody good with that? Who likes to be a royal priesthood? A holy nation. Glory to God, we're a holy nation. Thank you, Lord. Everybody happy about those three? Chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation. Peculiar. Well, you know, he was doing so good. And then he had to offend us. Right? Man, we're chosen generation. Royal priesthood. Holy nation. Weird. (laughs) Those are all perfect definitions of the people of God. We are a chosen generation. God chose us before time began to be His people, to be a holy nation, and to be a weird people. Why? Because we're not going to be like the rest of the world. We're going to stand out. We're going to do things. We're going to say things. We're going to believe things that cause us to stand out no matter where we're at. Not purposely, but because of who we are. You know, anybody can be weird, but not everybody can be peculiar. This means different. This means better. (laughs) Not better than them. Better than we were. We're not better than anybody. We're better than we were. Right? We're in a better place. We are a better person because of who He's made us to be. And we are chosen and we are called. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. And we are a peculiar people. And we are going to continue to be peculiar. We're going to do strange things. Right? Somebody's going to come up to us and they're going to make us mad and we're going to love them. That's strange. That just doesn't happen. When people make you mad, you get offended and yell at them. And sometimes you hit them. Right? And you surely don't like them. Right? But not us. We're going to love them. That's just messed up right there. And we're going to get more messed up. Right? (laughs) Because we're going to get out of our messed up state of being like the world. And we're going to get in our state of being like Christ. Because that's what we were redeemed to. That's what we were purchased back from. That's who we are. And we are a peculiar people. And the, and the things that make us different are the things that bring people to God. Amen? And that's what we're about. Everybody in here, you're in the people business, right? Because you're in the Father's business now. Right? When everybody asks you what you do, you say, Well, I'm in the Father's business. I, I went into the family trade. Yeah. Little do they know that you're after them. Yeah. You're, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're, you're going you're gonna to sell them the best thing they ever got in their life and it's going to be free. Right? Because we're about people. We're in the family business. Amen? And we are a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. What makes us peculiar? We show His praises in everything we do. And we're called out of darkness and we walk in light. Not only do we walk in light, we walk as light. That makes you peculiar. That, make, that gives you abilities in every situation that other people don't have. Right? Because people who are walking in darkness can only bring darkness to a situation. People who are walking in light can bring light. Right? 
And He's called us out of darkness into His light. And so everywhere we go, we become light in darkness. And we cause people to be able to see the goodness of God and show forth His praises and show forth His goodness so that people can know they can be weird too. They want to be. People want to be free. They want to be a royal priesthood. They want to be a holy people. Amen? They just don't know it yet. This is the best state of being that anyone could ever be in. Name written in the Lamb's book of life, the love of God in us and through us at all times, and the grace and mercy of God on our lives everywhere we go, and His ability through us to change others. What better place could you be in than that right there? He's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. We make a difference in this world. That's different. That makes you strange. If everywhere you go you make a difference and you make it for the good, you're strange. Most people aren't going to do that. Right? Why? Because they don't care about you. You mean people don't care about me, Brother Dave? Yes, they don't. I'm, th- <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you that. People care about the way they look. And so they may do something for you because it makes them look good. How do I know? I was a people. And at some times, I still am a people. And I wake up and I don't care about anybody but Dave. I know that's hard to believe. But what makes us weird again is that we have the ability to choose not to be that way. We, we have the ability to choose love, to choose mercy, to choose grace, even on the days we wake up and feel like being in the flesh. You guys don't wake up that way, do you? Wake up one morning and say, you know what? I feel mean, and I think I'm going to be mean for a good portion of this day because that's what I want to do. Uh, Y'all have never done that, so let me tell you, do not. Right? It's not a good way to be. But we don't have to be that way. And you know why we don't have to be? Because we're weird. We are peculiar. And this, this is what makes us peculiar, that we don't have to be that way. What's the next verse say? In verse 10 it says, "...which in times past were not a people." But now, the people of God. We weren't a people. In other words, he does, if you're not a people of God, you're not part. He doesn't, it's not a consideration. There's either the people of God or you're not. People of God or not. How many are people of God? Who, who want to be a not? I don't want to be a not. I'm going to be a people of God. And he said you're a people of God. And what shows that I'm a people of God? Which had not obtained mercy when we weren't a people of God. But now we've obtained mercy. The first thing that makes you the most weird is the love of God. The mercy of God in and on your life that changed you from from an awful person. And people say, well, I didn't really do that much bad. You didn't do anything good. (laughs) I know people don't like this, but if you're not serving God, if if you don't know God, good doesn't exist in you. Even Jesus said that. There's no one good but God. You know, it doesn't matter how many works you do. If they're without God, they're without good. Right. 
Go ahead and throw the tomatoes now. God is good, and with God, we are good. With God, we can do all things, and we can make a difference. And His abilities in us and through us are great, and they're what make us a royal nation, a a holy priesthood. You know, I can't. All that. They're what make us who we have become. Peculiar. Amen? And we've obtained mercy. And by obtaining this mercy, it sets us apart. Because now, what we deserved, we no longer are going to get. We deserved hell. We deserved all the penalty of sin. And now you don't anymore. You're no longer a candidate for hell. Glory to God. Will that set you apart? Ask a candidate of hell. You're no longer a candidate to go to hell. You are now a candidate to go to heaven. In fact, it's not only you're a candidate, you're voted in. Because you've obtained mercy. And by this great mercy, you're changed. You're changed. No longer do you get what you deserve. Amen? Ephesians 2.4 we got, we've obtained mercy, so now we're not going to get what we deserved, right? Ephesians 2.4 says, But God who's rich in mercy. So if you thought you were going to get what you deserved, good news. God ain't run out. Plenty of mercy left. Thank you, Lord. If you need some mercy today, you know what you got to do to get it? Ask. That's how everyone here obtained mercy. They asked for it. Nobody worked for it. Nobody got it because they were so good. Because if you were so good, you wouldn't need mercy. And you know what? Everybody needed mercy. So what's that say about anyone being good? Okay. Case closed. Can we close that case now? Every person ever born on this earth will need mercy. Right? Good, good. We've settled that then. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us. Mercy is His great love. And He loved us with that great mercy. Even when we were dead, we were dead. You were dead. I was dead. (laughs) People that don't know God are dead. Now if you tell them that, they're not going to think you're weird. They're going to think you're spooky. We don't tell them that. That's, That's not the good news. The good news is not that you were dead. The good news is, is when you were dead in your sins, He quickened you together with Christ. By grace you are saved. So we received mercy, we obtained mercy, and now we've received grace. We obtained the ability not to get what we deserved, and we received what we don't deserve. Now we can have the love of God, we can have the mercy of God, we can have the goodness of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. The grace of God encompasses all that He is, and He gave it to you and for you. Amen? This grace is so big that we don't have any... We, we haven't even tipped what we can do through this grace. We haven't. The grace of God saved the world. How big you reckon that is? It saved everyone who was born, everyone that will be born, everyone that was born. It's big. And it's powerful. And it is full of His love. And now you're full of it. And I don't mean you're full of it. 
You're full of grace. You're saved by grace and now you're full of grace. And by this grace, you walk, you live, you move, you talk, you speak. Everything you do, you hear by grace. And it changed you. And you're no longer like the world. You're weird. You're peculiar. Why? Because they're not hearing this way. They're not seeing this way. They don't have mercy. Because you obtained mercy, you, don't, you didn't just obtain it for you. You obtained it. Now you have it. Amen. See what I'm saying? You, what you didn't have before, you don't get what you deserve, but now you don't give people what they deserve. If they're mean to you, if they're awful to you, you don't give out of, that, out of their reaction towards you. You give out of mercy. You obtained mercy and you've obtained grace and you get things you don't deserve or you get, yeah, you, now you receive what you don't deserve and you give on the same level. You're not looking for people to deserve something to get it to them. <laughs> I messed with parents in the first, first service. I guess I'll mess with them now. I'm glad God doesn't parent like we do. Right? So many times we say, you're going to get just what you've earned. And you're not getting this because you don't deserve it. That's how we parent. We're taught to parent that way. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's true. I've done it, you've done it. Right? The grace of God doesn't do it that way. It gives you what you don't deserve because you don't deserve it. And you have no other way to get it. The mercy of God forgives you when you shouldn't be forgiven. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so, what if your kid says, what if your kid does something bad and you say, you're going to get just what you deserve. And then they come back and say, could I have some mercy? Ooh. Remember this, kids. Huh? Could be good for you. Because we have mercy to give you. But you must ask for it with a right heart. Not just to get out of spankings or groundings. It's unpopular to spank, isn't it? I forgot. Hmm. The Bible didn't change. And that's all I got to say about that, as Brother Jesse would say. <laughs> and then we say, well, you can't have that. How many people have done that to their kids? They say, well, you can't have that. You haven't done anything to earn it. What if God would have said that about, our, about His grace? Uh, you can't have that. You haven't done anything to earn it. You can't earn grace. Kids, what do you ask for when you haven't done anything to deserve it? Grace. Could I have some grace, Father? <laughs> With a repentant heart, you ask for grace. <laughs> Okay, that is very unpopular teaching. Let's go on. Good news is, you got the love of God in your heart, you can have it towards me. Amen. But because we've obtained mercy and because we've received grace, we now have these to give. That makes us peculiar. Other people do not have mercy. Without God's love, you have no mercy. Mercy is born out of His love and is a product of His love. Without it, you don't have it. So people that are not saved, people that are in the world, they do not have mercy. As merciful as they think they could be to you, it still would not be mercy. 
Because it's not born out of true love. The only true love is the love of God. Amen? And the grace, the ability to give things that are not deserved, to pardon somebody and forgive and to give them something that they do not deserve. We have it now. And that makes us odd. Right? How many like being odd? I like being odd. You know, I needed so much mercy. (laughs) And, And I know that nobody needed any more mercy than anyone else. But sometimes I feel like I had to get the most that anybody had to get. But I think that's what we should think. We should, we should have that much value on the mercy of God in our life. Because you didn't do anything by yourself. You had to have His mercy and you had to have His grace. Both of those things had to be in your life. You had to obtain them and receive them at some point. And you have to have them to give them. Brother Moore talked about that just a couple of weeks ago. If you don't have it, you can't give it. Amen. <laughs> If you don't have mercy and grace, you can't give it. We now have dominion over sin. Sin no longer has dominion over us. That's, that's strange. People in the world will find that strange because they're living in a, in a death cycle caused by sin. They, bad things are going to continue to happen to them and there's nothing that they can do because the, sin has dominion over their life. Sin has no, no more dominion over us. So therefore, we walk around in faith. We walk around Redeemed, We walk around in confidence that our Lord will take care of us at all times. That no matter what's going on in the world, we're going to come through. It doesn't matter what you're in, you're coming through. You're coming out. Amen? And that's confidence that walks through the middle of the worst problem. And people look at you like, Whew, poor soul, they just don't know how bad it is. We, we, you're exactly right. We don't know how bad it is because we know how good it is. Amen? Because we've been bought with a price. We've been given mercy and grace. And we are the children, the people of God. And we have those things which God has given to us. And we walk and live that way. People say, well, you're just too stupid to worry. Yes, we talked about this Friday night. We're going to get stupider. Yeah, we're going to be way too stupid to worry. (laughs) What? Not worrying makes you weird. Right? Oh, you just don't care if you don't worry. No, you just don't care if you worry. Because you take God's ability away when you worry. I'm saying some unpopular things today. By grace we're saved. Our name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Romans 5.17 says, For if by by the trespass of one man death reigned... Through one man, how much more will those who've received God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Now we have grace. Defeat is defeated. Defeat can't happen in our life. It is now defeated by, by, the, by the blood of Jesus, by the work of the cross. We have an abundant provision of grace. Anything that could have come against us no longer can. You know, in the first service, a bug hit one of these lights, and it fried it. And you know, we are light, and we're just like that. If something that's not supposed to be in that light comes in it, it's going to fry it. Because defeat is defeated. If sickness tries to come on you, it cannot come on you. Because Jesus defeated it for you on the cross. 
Be peculiar. Be well. Right? I mean, when somebody comes up and says, well, it's flu season, we'll say, well, we don't have that season in heaven. <laughs> right? We say, well, we're not in heaven. Yeah, but our citizenship is. Right? Isn't that what it says about us? I don't know how far I'm going to have to jump ahead in my notes. but Oh, not very far right there. Philippians 3.20, it says, but our citizenship is in heaven. I was watching cops one day. You guys watch cops? Bad boys, bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a guy from another country got stopped speeding. And he said, we speed in our, this, you know, in, in our laws of the land aren't the same as your laws. I claim diplomatic immunity. You know what? He got it. He didn't get a ticket, I think. No, actually, they proved that he was lying. And he actually wasn't from another country. He was just talking like he was. And he did get a ticket. Yeah, this has been years ago. But you know, there is truth in that. That, it, it, that you can claim diplomatic immunity because you're from a different country and the, their laws are different, so you didn't understand, so you don't get the punishment for the crime. Right? Well, we're just the opposite. We're citizens of heaven. Right. And we have diplomatic immunity over sickness and disease. We have diplomatic immunity over poverty and lack. We have diplomatic immunity over depression and down days. We have diplomatic immunity. When the devil tries to put those things on us, we say, no, we're not having that. We have diplomatic immunity. We are citizens of heaven. We are in the world, but we are not of it. And we claim our rights as citizens of heaven, kings and priests, and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, will have what they have in heaven. And they don't have flu season there. You know, there's never a time where God says, oh, hey, everybody, come in. It's flu season, so I need you guys to... No, they don't do that there. fact is, they don't even know what flu season is. Right? No. So we should just look at it like, flu season... Hmm, don't understand that. But I got good news for you. Where I'm from, there ain't a flu season. You want to be from there? I can give you citizenship right away. Amen. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can put you in touch with the, with the consulate right now through Jesus Christ, and you can become a citizen of a place where they don't have sickness and disease, of a place where they don't have depression and doubt, of a place where peace and joy reign. Glory to God. You guys are weird. And getting weirder. And now we call ourselves born again. Man, Jesus told Nicodemus, you got to be born again. And Nick, man, he said, what? He said, how can I go back to mom and get born again? And Jesus said again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And he wasn't saying you just can't be there. He's saying you can't understand it. Why? Because you're not a, of the royal priesthood, of the holy nation, of the people of God. You've got to be born again. You can't be of your own flesh. You can't be the old man. You've got to be the new man. You'll be able to see how God sees. You'll be able to do what God does. You'll be able to hear how God hears. God hears in compassion. You know, when he hears a problem, he's already, his mind's already calculated the solution. Mm -hmm. yeah. He had it before they even told it. But he hears in compassion. 
He hears in love. He hears with mercy. He doesn't hear like us. Sometimes we're like, could you get to the end of this story? I'm really sorry that you feel bad, but I'm really tired of listening to you. (laughs) Sometimes God will stop you. He'll say, you know what? You're not saying anything that's not going to help you. Could you please stop? That's compassion. But he hears and sees things differently. When he sees somebody in sin, he sees somebody that can be forgiven. Right. He doesn't even look at the level. <gasps> Adultery? Oh, I wish you'd have just lied. You know, if you'd have just lied, mercy takes care of that and grace will overcome some of that stuff. But the, whew, adultery. Mmm. No. You know what he heard? The same word. Same word. What did Jesus say? If you broke one of the laws, you broke them all. I'm not counting on the law for my salvation. I'm counting on grace for my salvation. Not by works. No. No, grace. Amen? I want to do good works because I'm saved, not to get saved. But God sees differently than we do. And when He says be born again, He's saying, I want you to see different. I want you to see things the way I see them. Then you can judge the way I judge. Righteously and in mercy. If you'll see it the way I see it, then you can be who I would be in the situation. That's why nobody else could answer the question when they threw the lady before Jesus and they said, she's been caught in adultery. And everybody else stood there and said, the law, the law, the law, the law, and the law. And Jesus said, which one of you ain't broke the law? Why? Because he saw in compassion. And he saw not only could she be forgiven, but they could too. And judgment, their judgment, would be the only thing that could keep them from being forgiven. (laughs) Oh, that was popular. If you choose to judge someone, they were wrong, that's all there is to it, and I ain't forgiving them. You took his ability out of his hand. He cannot forgive you. Try there. We can't judge, right? When we judge, we now stand in judgment. We don't want that. We want mercy. Therefore, we give mercy at all times, in every situation. I'm not saying we tell them it's okay. Mercy's not telling somebody it's okay. God didn't tell me it was okay that I was a sinner. He told me he had a, he had a fix for it. Right? Thank you, Lord. We're not looking for an opportunity to be bad. We're looking for the ability to be good. That's what peculiar people do. They take the grace of God, which is all sufficient in every situation, and they become who they never could have been in every place He puts them. That makes sense? Glory to God. And now we're citizens of heaven, and we're born again. And we're a new creature. What's it say? Let's go to first, 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Everybody knows this verse. It says, Therefore, if any man... How many men? Amen. Any man. Even the ones who've done the worst of the worst things. <laughs> Do you know that we can love like God? 
You could watch the news, see somebody that did something so repulsive that it makes you want to hurt them badly and love them. God does. People say, you don't know what they did. God knew what they did, and He still left the blood of Jesus in place. He didn't say, whoa, whoa, whew, let me pull back some of this grace for a minute because that guy went over the grace limit. <laughs> no. And I know that hurts sometimes because your flesh does not want to think that God would love that person. But your heart knows He would, and your heart would love them too if it's full of the love of God. <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Well, you know what? There's a, there's a history of divorce in my family, Brother Dave. Old things are passed away. Amen. Oh, but you don't know. I get angry at the drop of a hat. Old things are passed away. Oh, you don't know every year when people get sick? We get sick. Old things are passed away. Oh, there, there's, a, there's a history of cancer in our family. Old things are passed away. You know, I just can't quit looking at other women and going out with that. Old things are passed away. And a lot of people would say, yeah, your past is gone. No, your past is not gone. you got a new past. you got a new past. It's the past of Jesus Christ. He went back before the eons of time. He went back before the foundations of the earth were created, and He forgave you then. He didn't wait till you sinned to forgive you. You have a new past now. You don't have your old past anymore. You have a new past. Your past is bright, and your future is brighter. That's right, because He wiped out your past. Because why? You're born again. Yeah. Glory to God. And your past is gone, and now he, put, he replaced it with a new past. What's that past say? It says, I was saved before the foundation of the earth. I was forgiven before the foundation of the earth. I received mercy before I was born. Yeah, mercy was available to you before you breathed your first breath. Right? That's the goodness of our God. He doesn't just take things at the situation and fix them right there. He goes back to the root. He, he took sin and He pulled it up by the roots in Jesus' name. And everything that ever came with it, sickness, disease, depression, all the yuck that sin brought in, He pulled it up by the roots and now said, I'll give you grace and so that everything that sin tried to put in your life no longer has power Amen. through the forgiveness of sins Amen. and the blood of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. You're weird. <laughs> Forgiven, but weird. Glory to God. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What's he saying? You can now see the way I see. You now have eyes of love. You have ears of faith. You have, you have feet full of grace. You can do and be exactly what I've called you to be in the earth, the royal priesthood, the holy nation. I, I, have, I have pulled you out of darkness into the marvelous light. All things have become new to you. What used to, what used to keep you down will no longer affect your life because I've given you my grace. Glory to God. That's good news, isn't it? And we can walk in this daily and be weird. You want to be weird? 
God gave Kim a definition of weird. It was, what was it, honey? Walking in everlasting redemption daily. I'm weird. And I'm getting weirder. I'm going to walk in the fullness of that redemption. Because that redemption didn't just redeem me back. But it brought me to a place where I have a ministry that shows His redemption. Glory to God. Everything we do is not just so we can be better. But it's so others can see the better in us and be better themselves. Right? God doesn't, He doesn't think that way. You know, we think so singularly. Is that a word? Singularly. We think in one vein. God I need, take care of me. If I just had this. If this just happened for me. And God's thinking, if I saved you, I can see all these people who would come around you and they would see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ through you. Not because you said anything, but because you loved them when no one else would. Because you walked with them when no one else would stay beside them. Because you wouldn't quit when everyone else did. Hmm. New creature in Christ. All things have become new, and all things are of God. So you didn't get any new things that weren't of God now. So you say, well, you know, i got a history of this. No. You don't have that history anymore. All things are of God and they're new. The history of divorce in your family, there wasn't such thing as divorce in your family because you're of the family of God. You came to a new family now. And in this family, we don't have that. And we don't have anger issues. Well, we have anger issues, Brother Dave. No, we don't have anger issues. We can always control ourselves because we have the Spirit of God living in us. Well, you just don't know. They make me so mad. No, people of love don't get so mad. (laughs) Okay, wait a second. Yes, I have gotten so mad. No, I do not have to. Right? (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying you guys got mad. I'm saying I got mad and I don't have to. I'm preaching to me today. So believe with me that I'll get this, okay? All things, what all things? All new things that we now have are of God. We don't have any old things in us anymore. we got all the new things, and they're all of God. In other words, we don't have peace that's an absence of war. We have peace in the midst of the storm. We don't have joy that relies on you doing something good for me. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. We don't have things that have an end anymore. Everything we have is eternal and everlasting. And its value is priceless. Amen? The things of this world, their value is limited, and it's going away soon. Right? Somebody in the world tells you they love you and they don't know God, next week when you see them, they will not love you. Why? Because you did something that was unlovely. And when you do something unlovely, people who don't really have real love quit loving you. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to Himself by Christ Jesus. He redeemed us, brought us back into the family. Reconciled us back with Himself through Jesus Christ. Amen? And then He said, and that's all you need. Is that the end of the verse? Oh, the verse said more. Well, good. We'll read that then. Reconciled us to Himself by Jesus Christ and gave us a ministry. 
Oh, glory to God. You're all new. You're all better. You got all things through Christ. And now He's put you in the ministry. And I say, well, I got to get in the pulpit. No, you have to love people. That's your ministry. You have the ministry of reconciliation. You got to show people how good God is. You got to preach the gospel in season and out. Use words when necessary. Most of the time, they won't be necessary. (laughs) We have a ministry. We've been called into the ministry of Jesus Christ. Oh, what an honor. What an honor. You are weird. Glory to God. Called into the ministry, our goals and our desires are now changed. Our goals, our desires, are His goals, His desires. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And therefore seeing, King James Version, Therefore seeing, we have this ministry. What ministry? Huh? Reconciliation. We have this ministry as we've received what? Mercy. Why does he keep mentioning that? Because if you don't show mercy, you'll faint. People that don't show mercy quit. Why? Because you're going to quit on somebody if you're not going to be merciful to them. Because all you're going to see is the bad they do. Right? You're not going to like me or anyone else if you don't have mercy. Right? I told somebody the other day, they said they disappointed me. And I said, if we ever get disappointed in a person, we put too much, we, we put too much on them. Because they're people. And eventually they will disappoint you. Why? They're people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a people. Right? I, I have the ability to disappoint you. Right. I've disappointed many of you today. <laughs> no, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. <laughs> no. But I have the ability to. And every person in here has the same ability to, to disappoint somebody. But we should never put that much burden on somebody. If, if, if them doing the right thing all the time is going to shake your faith, then your, your faith is getting ready to be shaken. Because if, if your faith was in people's doing right, they're going to mess up at some point. Amen? Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We're not quitters now. That is so... So, not the world. The world will stick with you as long as it's convenient. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I I just, I can't let them fall. I cannot let them fall. There's a picnic tomorrow? I can't let them fall. When? At 12? Yeah, I can be there. By 12, hopefully they'll be better. If it's not convenient for the world, they're going away. And if you've done something that's unforgivable to them, they've already quit on you. Because we've received a ministry of mercy. So we don't quit. See, when you've received a ministry of mercy, it doesn't matter what they did. You forgave them. Mercy is forgiveness. Not just forgiveness, forgiveness. Yeah. Aren't you glad you can forgive somebody? It's much easier to forgive them than to forgive them. When did Jesus forgive you? When did, he, or when, did, when did God commend His love towards you? While you were His enemy. In other words, He put forgiveness in place for you before you were ever forgiven. 
He forgave you. Glory to God. And that's who we are now. We forgave people. Right? People say, oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't have done that. He said, forgiven. You don't have to think about it. Why? Because you already did it. Right. Right? In your heart, with the love of God, you had forgiven them before they messed up. Therefore, they've never disappointed you. Glory to God. I like not being disappointed. You guys like not being disappointed? You know, it's like when Ramsey does something wrong. I know it's hard to believe that she does, but sometimes I don't try to find out. <laughs> hey, if you're a parent and you're trying to find out everything your kid did wrong, stop it. <laughs> you don't want to know. How many of you want your parents to know everything you did wrong today? I, you know what? My mom probably just now knows because she's in heaven and God told her. And probably she said, can I go back for just a minute and beat him senseless? <laughs> because you don't want to know. Kids, that don't mean you want to go out doing things you ought not be doing. But when she does something wrong, I always want to know that I handle it right. Amen. And I haven't always. But I want to. And with this mercy, and with this seeing God the way God is, and the way and through God, you can now see situations and handle them differently than you ever thought you were. Not because this is how somebody handled it and it worked really well. They can write 20 books, and it may never work for your kid. <laughs> My mom said, I had four kids and I raised them all differently to get to the same place. And she did, I can tell you, for sure. All four of us are like completely different, and we responded to different things. Right? <laughs> how did we get off on that? We don't quit. That's why. That's how we got We don't quit on anyone. That We don't get disappointed, and we begin to handle things in love. If you're a parent, you can handle every situation in love. It doesn't mean you have to be soft. It means you have to be right. In love. Not just right. In love. There's lots of right people that have no love. So they ain't right. Right. It's true. I don't care how, you, how right you are if you don't got love. And you're not using love to portray rightness. Then you are not right. We faint not... Because we have a ministry and we have received mercy. And because we've received mercy, we give mercy. And because we give mercy, we are unfailing because we're walking in the love of God. So you can't faint because you can't faint. That's as plain as I can make that sentence. You can't faint because you don't have the ability to faint. You have the ability to stand. And so you faint not. Amen? Because you're not a quitter anymore. Because you understand what God did for you. You understand what the love of Christ did in your life. And, and, it get, and it, it, it's what wakes you up in the morning. It's your goal during the day. You now, you now think every day of other people by what God did for you. Huh? I got a friend, and he lived the world most of his life. was in ministry with him, actually, just 10, 12 years ago. And uh, when, I, when I met him, I was living for God, 
But I wouldn't say I was on fire for God. I was doing stuff in the ministry, but I was just doing stuff in the ministry. And I met him, and something was different about him. And I'd go to Bible study, and I'd listen to him. And finally I said, God, what is so different about him? He said, he sees how much love it took to save him. And it excites him every day of his life. Lord, it's not he's trying to pay anything back. He is excited because he knows that love can change other people. And he still goes out every day. He doesn't work in the ministry. He works at a secular job. And every day he goes out with the, with the intent of loving somebody with the love he received. Glory to God. That makes you weird. See, I was even weird at that time, but he was weirder. And I said, God, I want some of that. He's the most weird I've ever seen. Glory to God. I like that. And now we have an unfailing hope because we're not quitters. Hebrews 6.19 says, Which hope we have as an anchor for our soul. We're steadfast. Not steadfast for us. Steadfast for others. You know what an anchor does? It holds the whole boat. It doesn't just hold the person. holds the whole boat. It saves the crew and everybody. And when we have this hope within us, we are steadfast and strong. We refuse to quit. We refuse to give up. Why? Because we know we win. The only way we can lose is quit. And if you know you win, you have this anchor for your soul and you hook on with all your might and you refuse to quit at any cost because other lives are at stake. Your life is bigger than your life. Other lives are at stake. I'm not quitting. You quitting? Got any quitters in here? No, we're not quitters. We're weird. (laughs) Glory to God. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. And not only do we have this hope, but we're ready to talk about it. Oh, glory to God. 1 Peter 3 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks for the reason of the hope that is within you, in meekness and in fear. Glory to God, because of this great love, we're able to communicate the hope of God in season out, ready all the time. Why are you ready all the time? Because you're excited about it. When you're excited about something, you talk about it all the time. You do. Have you ever seen somebody that's excited about it? Man, when Ramsey's excited, I can't even understand her. I think she's talking in tongues. Say, Daddy, we did this and this, and oh, and after this, we went on the bikes, and we got on this, and we went on the truck, and oh my gosh, and then this guy showed up, and he said this, but I didn't. Yeah. Okay, man, that's great, honey. Yeah, I'm just glad she's speaking in tongues. I know she's full of the Holy Ghost that way. You know, man, people get excited. They talk about what they're excited about. When we are excited about the mercy and the grace of God and His forgiveness and His hope in our life, that's what we talk about. Why are we ready? Because we're ready. Man, you light that candle and it's going off. Glory to God. Amen? You guys ready? Thank you, Lord. And now we walk different. What? Yeah, we walk different. What? We walk by faith, not by sight. Right? Now we walk different. We we don't walk like the rest of the world. 
The rest of the world, you know what they see? Possibility of defeat. We don't see any possibility of that. We're not going to win. We're winners. Right? Right? How do, how do winners walk? I won. Doesn't matter what's coming against me. I already won. Winners walk like this with their head up, cocky. Say, you can be cocky. I didn't say be proud. I said be cocky. You didn't win nothing. Jesus did it for you. Amen? Losers, they walk like this because they're always looking for what's going to happen to them next. We're not looking for what's going to happen to them next. Why? Because we got mercy. We got grace. We're walking by faith. All we know is at the end of this road... We cross the finish line as the winner because we already got the trophy. We're carrying it across. We're winners. Glory to God. We have a hope. We expect good things all the time. We walk by faith. What's it say? How, how do we see? Here's when you really get weird. Second Corinthians 4, verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes... Not on what is seen. How can you fix your eyes on not on what is seen? Oh, you're weird. You are strange. You are one strange puppy now. What? You fix your eyes on what is not seen? Why? Because what is not seen is by faith. You see the victory. You see the hope. You see the love. You see what, you see what God can do. You see what God did do. In every situation, you see everything, but you, you, don't, you don't fix your eyes on what is seen. You fix your eyes on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. What? We've now started thinking eternal. Everything we have has eternal value, an everlasting price. And nothing we do anymore will go away. Everything we do has eternal value. If you meet somebody, that's your eternal friend. Right? God, your life has purpose. Temporary things have no purpose. They're going to go away. That's why we don't care about grass. Right? Yeah, we don't have to mow it. It's going to go away. Temporary things are going away. They have no value. What has value is the everlasting things of life, the everlasting things that God has put in us. And th- grace is eternal. Faith is eternal. Love is everlasting. That's the kind of love God gave you. That's why it never quits. The kind of love He gave you and gave for you never quits. It's eternal. And now you fix your eyes on that eternal love, on that eternal faith, on that everlasting victory. And you can't lose. And you're weird. (laughs) Why? Because people say, he thinks he's going to be okay all the time. (laughs) We don't know what's wrong with him. We're just waiting for this all to fall. The hammer's going to fall someday. And yeah, the hammer is going to fall. And we're going to go to heaven. Oh, so it's going to get better than better? Yeah, we're in the hardest time of our life right now. This is as bad as it gets for you and me. Right? Glory to God. (laughs) Yeah, watch out, Dave. Watch that, Dave, because he thinks he's going to win every time he plays. I am going to win every time I play. It's my bat, it's my ball, and we don't go home until we're done. There aren't no ties. I win. And the devil is defeated. Glory to God. 
And because of this hope and this faith, Romans 5, 5, it says, And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God. This is what sets us apart from everything else. And I know you think, well, you've been talking about love all day, Dave. No, I've been talking about love just a little. Now we're going to talk about love a lot. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. So now it's not your love anymore that you're dealing with. It's not, you're not playing with your hand. You're playing with His. Amen? And, the, and God does not fail. This love never quits. It never loses. And He put this love in you by the Holy Spirit and said, now use it. Don't keep it. Use it. There's plenty. It's not going to run out. It's unfailing. Right? And a well that never fails, what? Never runs out of water. Love that never fails never runs out of love. Use it. Use it every day. Use it in every way. Use it on every situation. Use it in every circumstance. Be the love where love needs to be. Bring the love where love needs to be brought. And this isn't the, this isn't the kind of love that other people are talking about. You know, this is the kind of love where Jesus said, you'll be known by it. Jesus said in John 13, 34, He said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another the way I loved you. You also want to love one another. What's He saying? He's saying, The love that I have is the love of God, and I loved you with it. Now I give you a new commandment. Take that love and love others. Love each other with it. That sets us apart. That makes you so weird that people can't figure you out. When they walk in this church, they say, I don't know what was so different, but these people really love each other. I mean, they love one another. It's like one of them does something wrong, and the other one picks them up instead of kicking them. Isn't that weird? They didn't kick them. They had every opportunity to kick them. They were down. They could have broke their ribs. Instead, they picked them up. Weird people. Saved people. Filled with the Holy Ghost people. People of God are people of love. People of God, they don't just have love. They have love that has patience and kindness. They have love that, has, that doesn't envy and doesn't boast. They don't walk around proud. They're not rude. People say, well, sometimes you've got to do those things to, get, to wake people up. No, you don't. Real love will wake people up. Amen. Why? Because it's uncommon. It is uncommon. Why do you think Jesus stood out so much? He had real love. He brought the love of God to the earth in a man and acted on it. And everywhere He went, good things happened. That, that, they thought Jesus was weird. Why? Because He was. Because the goodness of God went before Him and around Him everywhere He went. Because love... Why? Because he said, he said, love them the way I loved you. How did he love them? With the love of God. And then he said, do that. And he said, well, sometimes people just do things, and, and you, gotta, you just got to be mad for a while. Keeps no record of wrongs. What? You mean I can't keep it? What, what if later on I want to remind them what they did wrong? <laughs> then you won't be in love. <laughs> Might be great for your argument, but won't win. Yeah, but they might need to be reminded of all the bad things they've done. Nobody needs to be reminded of all the... Nobody forgets all the bad things they've done. God forgets them for you. 
How many have done a bad thing in their life? How many remember? I, I remember. I got, if, if I think long enough, I can probably remember more than what I did. Because now I know they, how wrong they were. <laughs> Keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't delight in evil. It rejoices in the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Love never quits. That's us. We're not quitters. We're in the love of God. We're using the love of God. The love of God through us, in us, and through us is helping others at all times. We are truly in the light. And everywhere we take that light, people can see. Not what they've done wrong, but that they can be forgiven. Not that they have to go to hell, but they can go to heaven. Not that they have to have bad things happen in their life, but they can have good things happen in their life. We are that light to the world. But these are the things, this peculiarness, is that a word, peculiarness? Peculiarity? Something peculiar. I like peculiarness better. Our peculiarness is what draws people to Christ. Amen? Amen. Our, our, our love, our hope, our forgiveness, Amen. His goodness never fails. Glory to God. I like this sermon. And God said, I'm going to redeem a people unto myself. In Titus 2.14, He said, I gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify us unto Himself a peculiar people zealous for good works. What's he saying? He's saying, these people, what's going to make them weird is they'll be zealous to do good things. That makes, that'll make you stand out in the world. Right? Yeah, because people aren't zealous to do good things. They're zealous to do things that help them. And then they call that good because it helped them. You know what? You could do things that never help you but help somebody else, and that would be good. And then it would help you because you'd see that it helped somebody else and the love of God in you would say, wow, that's so cool. And it would help you. Because that's all you need is to say, wow, that's so cool. It really is. Because that's what should excite us, what God's doing for others. Right? Because you know what He did for you. Amen? Glory to God. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. We are a strange, strange bunch. Amen? And we're going to get weirder. I wrote down just a short list of some of the reasons why we're weird. <laughs> Not normal to the world. How about that? Peculiar. And here they are. Because we're weird, and we're going to get weirder. We believe we have power over the devil. We can move mountains. We are prosperous and healthy. We have joy unspeakable and a peace that passes understanding. We have faith that can't be shaken and a patience that eagerly awaits. We cast our cares and refuse to worry. We call those things that be not as though they were. And we believe we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. We, are, we love our enemies. We do good to those who hate us. We bless those who curse us. We pray for those who mistreat us. We lend to others without expecting any money back. We're merciful as God is merciful. We're kind and, and to the ungrateful and the wicked. We don't judge. We don't condemn. We forgive because we were forgiven. We have and enjoy abundant life till it overflows and we believe we'll never die. 
we know the voice of God and we hear Him. We pray in other, other tongues and we lay hands on the sick and they recover. Right. We preach the gospel in season and out and all things are possible to us. We cannot fail. We serve the Lord with all our heart. We love one another fervently. A people saved by grace, washed in the blood, redeemed, forgiven, and Redeemed, forgiven, pure, and loved by God. Past is bright. Future is brighter. The seed of Abraham and heirs together with Christ. Priest and kings. Strange and healed. Weird and prosperous. Peculiar and saved. That's why you're so strange. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Sing for us, Matt. Oh, I am. 